Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready for a traditional talk show that has a non-traditional approach to helping you improve your life, love, and all things above? Are you ready for a show that would help you shine brighter, live better, and dream even bigger than you have before? Are you ready for a show whose main mission is to change your no-I-can't attitude into yes-I-can action and ultimately yes-I-did accomplishment? Then you are ready for the Real Talk with Tanya White show. Whatever you think, whatever you know. Whatever you feel, Tanya doesn't mind talking about it. So get ready for some talk that is always rated R. Because talk with Tanya has got to be relevant. Talk with Tanya has got to be refreshing. But most importantly, talk with Tanya has got to be real. The Real Talk with Tanya White Show. Are you ready?
right, all right. Welcome to the Real Talk with Tanya White show, and I am your host, Tanya White, and I am ecstatic to be with you on this Monday night. I hope your Monday was not too hectic. If so, you can relax for the next 60 minutes as we discuss in our third and final installment of this series, I'm Coming Out. I'm coming out of this frustrating friendship. We're going to talk about how to recognize a frustrating friendship and how to turn it into a flourishing friendship because sometimes we're too quick to throw friendships away when they're frustrating, and all we have to do is tweak it. Uh, We have a wonderful, wonderful life coach uh, on tonight who will be talking about friendship, uh, what to look for, what the purpose of friendship is, who should be in your inner circle, and why friends push you towards your purpose and bring you balance. Uh, her name is Jennifer Blair. She is from Louisville, Kentucky. I'm from, I have admired her from afar. She is a life coach, a writer, a contributing writer for Underwire Magazine, and she's going to be on here to give us some tips about friendships. And also in our Boast About Your Book segment, Miss Rhonda McKnight is back to discuss her brand-new book, An Inconvenient Friend. So we're talking about friendship. All tonight, this is our third and final series uh, installment in our series, I'm Coming Out of This. And all month long, we have been talking about different topics uh, with the emphasis of I am coming out of this. That's why our theme song for the month of October is The Boss Herself, Miss Diana Ross. I'm coming out. Uh, the first Monday of this month, we had a powerful and prophetic uh, show with uh, Pastor Ruth Lofton. And she talked about, I'm coming out of this spiritual warfare. If you missed that, I can't even go into all of the profound and right now things that she imparted into us on that show. But listen to the archive for that show. Last week, we had another wonderful show as we talked to Miss Thelma Wells. And she talked about, I'm coming out of this depression worry and anxiety and if you miss that show you miss mama t as everyone calls her so listen to that show because you're going to be inspired empowered and motivated to live your life to the fullest if you are a new listener to real talk with tanya white we welcome you and we want to let you know that we are rated r for being real relevant and refreshing we talk about topics that not only move you towards your uh to the positive side of life, but also enhance and uplift your mind, your body, and your spirit. We talk real talk about real issues to enhance your real life, and every, every, every show is always rated R because it's real, relevant, and refreshing. That's what we want uh, to inspire you to be. So listen, tonight we have a Power Pack show. We're talking about those friendships. Uh, again, we have Ms. Jennifer Blair on. She is uh, from uh, the life coach and founder of the company Excavive, and I hope I got that right, uh, company where she helps you to uncover your authentic self. You know, our phrase here at Real Talk with Tanya White is authenticity uh, because when you're authentic, uh, then you can be real, relevant, and refreshing. So she's going to come on in just a few seconds to talk about friendship, we have a great show. We want to welcome everyone who is on the line and in the chat. Hello to True View, True View Radio. I'm going to get my uh, my speech together uh, tonight because I'm so excited. I need to calm down. That's why I think I'm rushing. But um, welcome if you're in the chat. Feel free 
to be uh, friendly, uplifting, and inspirational in the chat. Put your show, if you have a show, on Blog Talk Radio, or uh, you want to post some information, please do so uh, in the chat. This chat is uh, a vehicle for people to meet, inspire, and encourage one another uh, to live and love their life to the very fullest and also uh, as a way of free promotion. So feel free to promote anything in the chat as long as it's appropriate and family-friendly. Again, welcome to Real Talk with Tanya White. Listen, if you want to call in with a question or comment, uh, please call 347-215-6446. And if you just tuned in, we're in our third and final installment of our series, I'm Coming Out of This, and tonight we're talking about I'm coming out of this frustrating friendship, um, and it is going to be a very, very insightful show. Uh, we have Jennifer Blair, who is going to be our featured guest tonight, and Miss Rhonda McKnight. She, I think this is her third time going to be on the show, and she's going to talk about her brand-new book, uh, An Inconvenient Friend. If you haven't gotten that book, I encourage you to get it, get it, get it tonight because you know Miss Rhonda is going to kick some knowledge and some real talk about why she wrote that book, what the uh, theme of that book is, and why a friend has to be inconvenient. Um, and so it's going to be a great show. We're going to take a little break, and hopefully when we come back, Miss Jennifer Blair will be on. We're talking about friendship tonight. And so here's one of my favorite theme songs for one of my favorite shows, and when we be back, when we come back, we're going to talk about that show and I love this topic tonight as we talk about friendship how can we recognize a frustrating and stagnant friendship and we have on the line tonight Miss Jennifer Blair she is from Louisville Kentucky she's a life coach a writer and a motivational speaker and she has a lot a lot of great topics and tips all designed to help you uncover your authentic self we encourage you right now to visit her at www and I hope I'm I'm not going to even try to pronounce it. She's going to have to pronounce it. E-X-C-A-V-I-V-E dot com. And look at the host of topics and uh, keynotes that she uh, talks about. But tonight she's going to talk about friendship. And this is really, I based this on a great article she wrote in Underwire Magazine about three years ago talking about your inner circle. I still have a copy of that article on my office wall because Friendships can either uh, move you towards your destiny or move you backwards and towards stagnation. So tonight, Miss Jennifer Blair is going to be on, and we're excited. We are honored to have her on the Real Talk with Tanya White show. Hello, Miss Jennifer. How are you? Hello, Tanya. I am thrilled to be here. I'm doing well tonight. 
Well, thank you for being on our show. Listen, we're excited to have you on, and we want to dive right into this topic. But before we just have uh, bombard you with all these great questions about friendship, can you tell us who you are in your own words? Absolutely. I, as you said, Jennifer Blair is my name, and my company, I heard you say in the introduction, it's called Excavive. It's to excavate your life is what that represents, um, and my tagline is uncover your authentic self. And what I do, I, yes, I am a life coach. I am an inspirational speaker. I'm a writer. I have just completed my first book that is at the publisher right now. Congratulations. And thank you. Thank you. Hopefully end of the year, beginning of next year. And what I do is my whole purpose is to empower others to be true to themselves, to be the best version of themselves. And I do that through the modalities that I just mentioned. So really my work is all about taking someone where they are right now and moving them towards what they want more of in their lives. And friendships is certainly an aspect in which we all want love, connection, all kinds of things from our friends. So um, that's what I work on. People. Yes. Listen, you said authentic, authentic, and we talk about being real here. And you have to be, in order to be real, you have to uncover your authentic self. Now, we're talking about friendships tonight, and sometimes, especially during this time of the year, Jennifer, sometimes friendships can be taxing. Um but before we get into the frustrating side of friendships, we want you to tell us what, give us a good definition in your terms of what friendship really is and what, what, it, what purpose it serves in our lives. Wow, our friendships serve so many purposes. I think the first thing I would say about a friendship and a definition is it's a connection between two people where there is reciprocity, there is something that binds you. Um, whether it is a common interest you have, whether it is an experience, whether it's a dream and vision. But our friends are the people in our lives in which we mutually support each other. Mm. That's how I look at that. Yes, because we all need support. And sometimes people do not realize that, yes, we have family, but we need an objective party sometimes to really encourage us and support us in, in, in our life. <laughs> Absolutely, and I will say this: our friends are not always objective, but they can certainly be a little more objective than our friend, than our families at times. Yeah, um, yes. friendships do have an emotional stake at, with with the relationship, um, but they can certainly provide a lot of perspective for us. Yes, yeah, and, and you know that's so true. The closer you are as friends, it is hard to be really objective and authentic uh, with our uh, constructive criticism and. Um, challenges that we we need to have as friends so are there different levels of friendships jennifer well i would say yes i would say there are different levels and there are different types of friends one of the things i talk about in this article which i do believe is that we have you know my whole intent around this article was around create be proactive to create friendships that align with who you are and what your values are so I think that we have friends for different reasons. We might have our circumstantial friends, our friends that maybe we've become friends with them because they're through work, or maybe our children's mothers or our neighbors. Those are kind of people that are in your lives, you're kind of thrown together for a reason by circumstances, and they're there. Now, those can be very close friends, but sometimes it's a circumstance. 
mm-hmm. we can have our archival friends. Those are our friends I described that are people that have known us for a long period of time, and they can remind us of our history. They can remind us of who we are when we get off track. They can be a witness to our experiences and bring a richness of history there. Then we have our friends that I think are the deeper soul friends. Those are the people that I like to say are, wow, like I have a couple of, those are the inner circle, those are your soul sisters, the people that are there that stick with. And the the thing I love about those friendships, those are the ones that are a deeper level. We can also have social friends. You might have a friend, for instance, that you love to go to the movies with, you love to go lunch, to go to lunch and to dinner and to do activities, but you wouldn't reveal your deepest, darkest secrets to. Mm-hmm. They're a blast, but they may not be the people that can be your soulful, trusting, loving friends. So I do believe we have different types of friends, and I think within those friendships, they are at different levels. Right. Right. Now, you said something about archival friends, the long, those long-term friendships. Yes. Now, do you find that sometimes um, whatever circumstances or tragedies come, our tension that comes, sometimes our, our archival friends may turn into just social friends? Uh, let me, just to get clarification, they might turn into just based on how life evolves and maybe you to yes. you. Absolutely. Um, you know, what's interesting, I'm actually headed back to my, I'm going to be telling you myself a little bit here at my 30-year high school reunion. I'm going oh. back to next week. So I'm going to be seeing my archival friends. And it's really interesting. This is a group of, of people that I've stayed in touch with, and I even have a girls' trip each year with, with um, four girls. And it's interesting because I see how we're still the same, and Mm -hmm. I see how we've all evolved very differently in our lives. So Mm -hmm. I keep it in perspective. Um, Mm -hmm. I do not feel, I feel like, you know, they are people I can go to for some things, but I'm not sure they understand completely who I've become and what I'm doing in life, because life has just changed. So I think there's a mixture of that, and you get to be very proactive to actually to think about what role do you want those people to play in your life. Yeah, yeah, and and you said something so key, life, uh, how life evolves, and sometimes because life evolves, sometimes quicker than we anticipated, and moves sometimes uh, friends in different directions and different positions in our life. Sometimes we get kind of uh, uh, depressed sometimes or. Uh, frustrated because they are not in the same position as they were uh, when we first met them. Now, is it okay uh, to understand what you just said, even though they're your archival friends, you just can't share a lot of things with them, and probably vice versa. Is it okay to accept that? Because sometimes we think it's not okay to accept the evolution of friendships. Absolutely. I think that the point of of all of this is that in terms of my work especially, is that I really encourage my clients and my audiences to be very decisive and proactive around what their needs are. Mm-hmm. And I think that there may be circumstances and at times, for instance, if you're like archival friends, maybe they've been married for a long time and you're going through a divorce. You mm-hmm. might need to have a friend who's gone through that, who's gone before you, that you can seek their wisdom, they can bring understanding, 
in your friends from 30 years ago or 40 years ago or 10 years ago may not be able to understand that or relate to that. I see this happen a lot with women, especially when they have children and they have friends who have not had that experience. Um, I think that those life circumstances do change our friendships, but you get to decide and you get to actually negotiate that if you have that kind of relationship where you can talk about it with your friend to say, here's how life is changing and how do we want to stay connected or not connected in the, as, with where we are at this time. Yes, and I hear you keep saying, you decide, you decide. And that is so <laughs> yes, I do. When it, especially with women, when it comes to friendships, sometimes we don't make those tough decisions or those necessary decisions, and we just float along in friendship. Do you see that? Absolutely. I think, and that's something um, that I think is very key to success in friendships. One of the things I like to say to somebody, and I use it for myself and, and friends, is do you feel better or do you feel worse having been in the presence of somebody? Mm. If you are continually with a friend and you feel bad when you leave them, maybe they're going through something and they don't have tools to, to deal with it or something is changing in the friendship. If you feel worse, then I really encourage people to say, okay, then you get to decide how much time are you going to give to this. You know, right. What are you going to do to communicate how you feel with this person? I teach a lot of effective communication skills. So mm. I think you do get to decide what role do you want that person to play in your life. Um, how can they best um, support you? So I think that and I, my, big, my big piece of advice, if anything here, is go where you're celebrated. I think mm-hmm. it's so critical with our, with our friends. Our friends right. need to be celebrating us and vice versa. And vice versa. And we need to have that honest communication. <laughs> I, I, yes, and we I'm, do. As you're talking, I'm going in my mind of some friends that, you know, I let go because we didn't have that heart-to-heart talk. Right. About and the evolution know, in our life. Absolutely. And I don't know that everybody has the communication skills. Well, I know they don't. Sometimes right. you don't need to create drama around it or have a big talk. Um, yeah, are you there? Yes, Tanya? Miss Jennifer. She's going to yes, come back to you all. If you just joined, we'll talk with Tanya White. We're talking about a great topic, friendship, and with Miss Jennifer Blair. Um, and she's going to come back. I believe it, in just a second. I know the phone has gone out. Uh, if you have a question, please call uh, 347-215-6446. Press the number one key, and we will get you on. Miss Jennifer. Yes, I'm here, Tanya. Oh, okay. <laughs> Tanya, I've never left you. <laughs> oh, you, you hear me, Tanya? Yeah, it was uh, kind of staticky. Okay, okay, great. Great. Are we connected? Yes, we are. Okay, great. Great. I just want to make sure, yes. All right. So um, what are some, you said something about common values. How do you determine that? Because as I stated, sometimes we just float along in friendship and we think that we have those common values, but we really don't because we just join by circumstances sometimes. How do you uh, identify some of those common values to that will lead you on that path to know if you are really connected or should be friends. Right. Well, I think one thing is that it always starts with you. It starts with with um, with you being able to identify your values. What's okay. important to you? 
um, I actually, in my article, have a list of sample values and um, to, to say, okay, maybe one of the things that's important is honesty. Something that might be important, for instance, is a spirituality. You know, is there a spiritual connection? Is there something you guys can honor each other's? It doesn't mean you have to have the same spirituality and same beliefs around that, but do you honor each other's values around that? Um, maybe there's a value around integrity. Maybe there's a value around freedom, a value around fun and play. So I think being able to ask yourself the question, what's important to me? And what's impor- what are my values in my life? And do my friends or the people that are currently in my life, do they honor that in me? Do they, do they see that, for instance, beauty is important to me? Um, and do they, when I talk about that it's important, do they support that? Or are they saying, oh, no, that's not important to me? They don't. Um, they may try to point you in a different direction. So I right. think it starts with you knowing your own values. And if you have a friendship that you guys talk about those things, I actually have friends that I do this. I realize not everybody does. Then they know what their values are, and we talk about it and say, hey, this is important to me. This is important to you. And we know what those are, and we respect and honor that in each other. Right. And so when you're having this this heart-to-heart talk of knowing what, what you want, you really have to be honest with yourself, Correct. It starts with self. You absolutely have to be honest with yourself. If you can't tell the truth to yourself, how do you expect your friends to tell you the truth? Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think you absolutely ha- have to start with you being honest with yourself. Otherwise, you're just, you know, you. it's like the mask that we all put on. You may yes. have that mask that you put on, and if you're not revealing who you are to your friends, then how can they support the real you? They'll be supporting the mask that you put, that you've put on and the, the portrayed self out there in the world. Right, and sometimes we think that they're not supportive, but it's really it could be really that you have not been true to yourself and you have not revealed your authentic self uh, to to friends. Is, is Absolutely. That, yeah. Yeah. And one way I think that can show up, Tanya, is, for example, let's say that you've got a really deep desire or something you're passionate about or a dream that you've wanted. Maybe for you it's that you've always wanted your own radio show. Right. And if you never told your friends about this and you're out there trying to do it, and they'll be like, well, why are you doing that? You ought to be going and doing this. They may not understand why this is important to you and the impact you can have on people. So I think it's really important to share your dreams, your desires, your passion, what's important to you, so that they don't have to agree with you. But what you need from them is I think the biggest thing we get from our friends is we get that unconditional support and acceptance about what it is we're doing in our path. Yes, and we need that. We need unconditional support, uh, and that's why, and you also, that's what we're going to talk about next, because friends help us move towards our purpose. Uh, and Absolutely. And you talked about this, about power up your purpose. How do healthy friendships allow us to do that, power up our purpose? What, what do you mean by power up our purpose, <laughs> and how do healthy friendships allow us to do that? Well, I'm laughing, Tanya, because Power Up Your Purpose is actually a topic I came up with for um, a company who was looking to get their, they were doing a cultural reboot. And so I was looking for a way to help, they were bringing me in to talk about the self, each individual, and how the individual finds within themselves 
the motivation, the drive, desire to be the best version of themselves in order to, you know, get on board with this cultural reboot. And as I was creating the topic and I would written an article on accessing your personal power, um, I think that when we are on task, meaning when we know what it is we need to be doing, our friendships are the people that we can go to to nourish us, to hold us accountable if we're getting off track. They're a place to practice. You know, it's really hard when you're out there in the world trying to be who you are and you get a lot of a, a lot of reasons why you shouldn't be. Right. And so we get to maybe use our friends to practice with to say, hey, I'm going to practice being proactive with you because I need to go be proactive and ask for something regarding this new business I want to start. So I'm going to practice with you. So it's a great place to practice. And if our friends, and we talked earlier about our values, if the, the values are aligned, that you have a friend that understands you, supports you, loves you, and, you know, maybe they're your creative collaborator, then they're going to support you so that you can go out there in the world and live your purpose. It's kind of like if you can imagine yourself walking out in the world and you've got these tethers to your back. Your friends are your tethers. They're the people who've got your back. And they are there to support you while you're going out there and doing your big thing in the world. Wow. If you just joined us, we're talking to Jennifer Blair about friendships, healthy friendships, and how healthy friendships can help us power up our purpose. Now, you also talk about on your website about bringing balance into our lives, something that men and women struggle with, that balance in lives. Now, how do friendships, Help us bring balance into our lives, especially when we find ourselves uh, spiraling out of balance. <laughs> yes. Balance is one of those, a little bit of buzzword about I need to find balance in my life. And just to clarify my definition of balance, um, balance to me is about being able to, I actually have some exercises as a coach that we look at eight major areas in life. We look at career, money, we look at health and wellness your relationships, friends and family, your romantic relationship, your spiritual life, fun and play in physical spaces, meaning your, your environment. And so that's one way to look at balance is making sure that you're paying attention to each of those areas and that you have the satisfaction in those. Another way to look at balance is being able to take what comes your way, the emotional pieces, and being able to navigate that. It's not about going through and being happy. It's about can you accept what's coming your way from an emotional place and bring balance to that so that you can make good choices to keep going forward no matter what comes your way. So our friends, how they can play into that, they can remind you who you are. They can give you courage. They can help. They can be there to maybe have fun with. Um, it may be, for instance, that you started on this big career and you're not working out. So you can talk to a friend and say, "I need a workout buddy. Can we meet three times a week to try to to I, to hold some accountability for me here?" Um, our friends can also help us in terms of learning something new. You know, you may have, you know, you may be all about work and your families and getting through life, and maybe you have a value around learning and adventure and exploration. And so maybe that friend can say, you could ask that friend to say, hey, could we once a month get together and 
go to the art museum, go try a new restaurant, or go do whatever that is. Our friends can be our companions to remind us that we need that balance and can be um, actually take the journey with us and be there to support and actually participate in that. Mm-hmm. Wow, wow. One other thing I want to say about friends and how they can support your balance and also back to power of your purpose um, I'll give an example of what I did when I was building my business. My best friend and I were, at the time, she had, was starting a new career as well. So we decided that the way to achieve what we wanted was in the small steps every single day. So we created something called Pick 3. And each day I would do three things for my business, she would do three things for her business, and at the end of the day we'd call each other, and she's like, okay, here's what I did, one, two, three. I'm like, here's what I did, okay, great, can't chat now, we'll talk tomorrow. And it was a great way that we both built our businesses, and with all else fails, we go back to pick three, we create that accountability, and it works. And now with with technology, we can email and text if we had to. (laughs) So um, pick three and having that partner to do that with is sometimes amazing for balance and for helping you stay on track. Wow. Listen, Jennifer, our time is gone, and I could talk to you literally all <laughs> night. But I I heard three things specifically uh, about friendships, healthy friendships, because we all need them. There's a support. There's a sense of support. You decide, and you have to make that honest, open communication throughout the friendship. And that friendships evolve, and you have to go with that evolution, basically. Absolutely. Yeah, wow. Any other last words of wisdom, when, especially somebody who is, finds themselves in the middle of a friendship and it seems frustrating right now, but they haven't decided or made those choices to correct them. What would you say to that person right now who is stuck in a friendship rut? Mm. You know, the first thing that comes to mind is be gentle with yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, for all of them, this this discussion today has been very much about being proactive and powerful yeah. and bringing, you know, passion and you decide. I think there's also the other side of that is bringing gentleness and loving yourself. And sometimes this too shall pass mm-hmm. and to realize that today's today's current situation is not necessarily tomorrow's reality. And so there's an opportunity there to really create the balance for yourself even around that. Oh, wow. That, that is powerful. That is so powerful. We have thoroughly enjoyed you, and we hope to have you back when your book is published and out and you're promoting. Um, Thank what you. Is, what is your new book going to be about? Well, I have taken the – I've been writing for Underwide Magazine, which is a Louisville-based, uh, targeted-to-women publication, and I've been writing for them for three and a half years. So I have taken 41 of my columns, compiled them, expanded them, and I have – there are tons of life coaching exercises in there. And it's a book about really being true to yourself, and it's through the creative writing that I've done for the magazine. So it's a very much a proactive, lots of great coaching tools in there, as well as offering perspective, fresh perspectives on many life areas that you want to improve on. Well, well, listen, like I told you, I still have that article, Your Inner Circle, on my wall. And so I will definitely be getting your book and hopefully uh, having you back on the show. But until then, you much success, continue to help others uh, uncover their authentic self, and we have thoroughly enjoyed you here on Real Talk with Tanya White. 
Tanya, thank you so much. It was a pleasure to be here. Thank you. You have a great night, and we'll follow up with you later. Great. Thank you, Tanya. Good night. Bye-bye. Bye. Good night. If you just joined, we'll talk with Tanya White. That was Jennifer Blair. Please visit her at excavive, E-X-C-A-V-I-V-E dot com. Listen, get all of her tools. Check her out. Invite her to be a, a keynote speaker at your next event. She is very, very, very valuable source of information. We're talking about friendships tonight. Uh, Jennifer taught us how to have healthy friendships. Now Ms. Rhonda McKnight is going to come and bolster about her book, An Inconvenient Friend, and listen, just by the title alone, uh, I'm intrigued to see what that is about. So Ms. Rhonda McKnight, what is going on? Ms. Rhonda, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you doing tonight, Tanya? I am fantastic. Excited to have you on and talk about this book, An Inconvenient Friend. And we're going to just dive right into it because you're no stranger to real talk with Tanya White. Oh, yeah. So what is this book, An Inconvenient Friend, about? Wow, An Inconvenient Friend is certainly about the opposite of what you you just talked about. (laughs) We are talking about a really unhealthy friendship. Um, an inconvenient friend is of a mistress who um, develops a unlikely friendship with her lover's wife. That's the short mm. answer. Um, the Can main you say person, that again? Because that's uh, <laughs> It is the story of a mistress who develops an, an unlikely friendship with her lover's wife. Um, and it, it's not by, it, well, it's by happenstance. What happens is she makes a decision, um, Mr. Maria Jacobs makes a decision, that she is going to, um, she's going to get her man. She's wrecking a home. And she decides the best way to do that is perhaps to get a good, a closer look at his wife and determine what it is about his wife that he may find appealing and see if she can't copy that. But what happens is, she um, and, and she decides to do that by going to the woman's church, <laughs> and she comes into a Bible study lesson, and what happens is she looks up upon a women's mentoring program that actually allows her to get much closer to his wife than she ever anticipated that she would be able to do. And so a relationship develops between them, and what she doesn't expect to find is someone that she actually respects and admires, and so the relationship becomes very inconvenient for the plan that she had to take the woman's husband. So that's what she's about. Rhonda, that's real stuff right there. That's yeah, real, real stuff. Real life, true stuff. Unfortunately. Oh Unfortunately, yes. Unfortunately. An inconvenient friend. Now, now, let's go into the mindset of somebody who is determined, first of all, to ruin a marriage and um, have an affair with a married uh, man, uh, and then be deliberate about making friends to cause even more havoc in the relationship. What, yeah. what, what is behind it? I know you reveal some of, you know, why she's doing this um, okay. Okay. in the book, but give us a little insight to why, why do people do that? Well, you know, Samaria's a man-stealer. You know, she thinks that it's easy. She, first of all, she wants money, and she's lazy. And so she thinks that the way to get money, and she's learned that the way to get money from, you know, from her, her own mother, who is a character in the book and we get to know very well. Um, we, we find out that she's a mother's child. 
um, that she has learned that, you know, she, she likes to find her things in life, but she doesn't want to work for them. And she thinks the easiest way to do that is to go after a man who has mm-hmm. money. She's in healthcare. She's a nurse. And so the men that are available to her that make the big bucks are your doctors and your surgeons. And so, um, and she's been taught that, you know, kept women, women, um, you know, these doctors and these surgeons are looking for girlfriends and they'll pay well, you know, they'll pay you rent, they'll give you money for shopping and all these things. But Samaria, and, and that's how the relationship with him begins. But then she makes the decision, you know what, I need more money. I need the whole bankroll. And mm. so I'm going for I'm going for the gusto. So she's already in this relationship. She's already got a, a financial situation that's kind of driving the urgency. She doesn't have time to start over with a new man. And so she's just gonna work with the one she's got and he happens to belong to someone else. So mm. I think that Samaria the mindset of you know, she's she's selfish and like I said, she's her mother's daughter. Her mother has taught her that men are no good. Her experiences have taught her that men will let you down and hurt you. So she's not really looking for a commitment that involves her heart. So for her, you know, relationships are just, you know, with men are just, they're not permanent. They're disposable. She even makes some comments with respect to a a conversation that she has with this wife about marriage. Of course, the wife knows nothing about who Samaria is. Let me add how devious she is. When she comes into the church, she uses she she has an alias. She's using a completely different name, so she's mm. not you know the name that you know she's not using her name because of course if the wife happened to say at home, oh my new mentee, Samaria, uh, exactly. you know, so she's using a different name, and so she doesn't. And, and the fact that this man is cheating with her and he has this wonderful wife is just you know kind of proves her theory about men anyway. They're all mm. dogs. Wow. And so that's what's in her mind. Then the other thing is I think that I think, and not necessarily made so much scenario, but I think a lot of women into relationships with married men and they feel justified because they feel like, well, if his wife was taking care of things at home, he wouldn't be out here with me. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I wanted to kind of dispel um, is, first of all, you don't know why a married man you, you have no idea why he's having a relationship with someone else. It may have absolutely nothing to do with his wife. And mm-hmm. that's what I bring home in the novel. And I'm hoping that perhaps if there's some woman that reads this book and she sees herself, that she will see. There was nothing wrong with his wife. What was going on with him was completely emotional and totally separate from, from, from his wife. It didn't have anything to do with his wife and everything to do with him. And Samaria learned that lesson, and I hope that other, other women perhaps that find themselves in that same situation might see that, that it's not always about the wife not doing what she's supposed to do. Sometimes it's just about him and him having something personal going on that he does not want to share with his wife. You've inserted yourself in the middle of that, and it's wrong. Yeah, yeah, wow. This this seems like uh, it's a good read, but it's very – it's making you think about a whole lot of things uh, that are going on, like not only just in – in personal relationship, uh, 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 relationship of infidelity, but also uh, why people choose you as friends. Uh, she chose, uh, I'm hearing that she chose that uh, to be that woman's friend uh, for negative purposes, uh, arterial motives. And sometimes we got to watch that, why people want to be our friends, um, because sometimes it's not always why we think it, 
they're trying to be our friends. True, um, true. And Angelina has some issues of her own, some loneliness mm-hmm. and some empty places, and mm-hmm. kind of hungered for sisterhood, which I believe left her a little vulnerable. Um, yes. And the reader finds that out, you know, why she was, you know, perhaps a little more open to a Samaria than she should have been. I mean, her heart was in ministry. She's the head of the women's ministry. Oh, mentoring I missed that little tidbit right oh, yeah. there. She's the head of the women's <laughs> ministry. This, this mentoring program is her baby. It's important to her. Here she's got this woman coming into church. Her skirts are too short. Her blouses are too tight. Her makeup is too heavy. And she wants to, she wants to help this girl be more like, more Christ-like. And so mm. she takes on this project that she thinks, well, I'm just she's here in the church for a reason. Let let me let me be a sister to her, not knowing the reason is much more deeper and much more personal than she could ever imagine. But she had some personal issues of her own that yeah. kind of left her hungering for that sisterly relationship. And so um and so, you know, and that's a concept that's introduced into the novel. The novel is really, you know, it's about sisterhood. When I wrote the book, you know, I wanted to in, reintroduce the concept of sisterhood because I think it's something that's disappearing. Um, yes. You know, there's some women that don't have, you know, when I was growing up, there was a sisterhood of, amongst women, you know, that you didn't, you were your sister, sister's keeper, and you didn't sleep with your neighbor's husband because that wasn't mm-hmm. right, and that was your sister, and, you know, we took care of each other's children, and things were different, and now we just have like this, everybody is going after what's best for me, and regardless of whose family or or what? And Samaria learns a very tough lesson, and I think that it shows just how how wrong it is to insert yourself in the middle of what's going on between a couple. It mm. really, the, the novel really brings, I think, that message, would bring that message home for someone who is involved because these people are dealing with some really serious issues around infidelity, yeah. child death. I mean, it's deep stuff, and when she finds out, she's just like, bang, like, wow. I, really is it, I heard you here. saying the grass is not always green or Definitely what we not. think it is. Because, you know, as women, we romanticize marriage, and, oh, you're married. Doesn't that look so cute? Y'all so happy, and you don't even know what's going on between that man and that woman. And that woman. And you're married to a, ooh, you're married to a wealthy doctor with a big mansion and ooh, it must be good. I want that. I want that. Right. right. You know, every like right. you said all that all that glitters is not gold. So right. um so that's 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 an inconvenient friend. That friendship be and the friendship is inconvenient for both of them. It's uh, clearly inconvenient for Samaria because she's trying to steal, but it's inconvenient for Angelina because she finds herself in this position where she's trying to nurture this woman and wanting to be a friend of her, and all the other women in the church are looking like, because they peeked her out when she came through the door. Yeah. And let me ask you that. Uh, I don't want you to give too much away, but I'm sure a, a, a group, a handful of women, knew who this girl really was, even though she didn't say her name. She knew that she was probably messed they probably knew that she was messed around with the girl's husband. So why? No, no, they at didn't? All. No. Okay. No. I mean, he doesn't He doesn't do church, so he doesn't come to church. They don't really, you know, no, no one knew. No one, no no one, knew. one knew. Okay. But what they did know was a few of them knew that they felt that she had an agenda that, that, that wasn't pure. And they felt okay. like they had, oh, we don't need this kind of woman in our church, and, and Angelina's answer, Angelina is the wife in the story's answer, is that 
you know, we're not just going to judge her and decide she can't come here because you don't like the fact that she had a boob job and her skirts are too short. That's not what the church is about. And so, and which is true. But I think that there had to, you know, I think that perhaps her mentoring program could have been structured a little better in a way that would have perhaps insulated her from some of what happened. But the the truth was, you know, when you're doing ministry and you're trying to help people, you never know when people have a secret agenda. And who would think that somebody, oh, I'm here because I'm trying to, I'm trying to find out what your husband's favorite color is. You know what I'm yes. saying? I mean, it was just, I'm trying to find out what he likes to eat. <laughs> so I'm bunching yeah. up next to you. You know, so, um, so it was a little different in that respect. But wow. it's a juicy story. It sounds it's like a juicy, it's a juicy story. A the juicy, juicy lifetime movie story. <laughs> yeah, the, the response has been amazing. Um, you know, um, my readers love it. I, I have to admit, I was concerned. Um, you know, because my first novel was it was a great novel, had, but it had kind of had a nice ending. Um, mm-hmm. Things don't necessarily turn out nice to everybody. And I no. was a little concerned about that, but they're read, They're like, "Oh no, that was good. We're ready. We we grown women. We can handle it." <laughs> uh, well, where can uh, where can readers pick up this book? An inconvenient friend. An inconvenient friend is pretty much available wherever you know. Pretty much in all the bookstores, Barnes and Nobles, Books a Million, Borders. Um, it's been out since August first, so hopefully it's selling out. And so if you go into the store and it's not there, please order it. Also, it's been in all the Walmarts, especially, you know, in the larger cities um, um, that, you know, fit the African-American demographic. So it's been in a lot of Walmarts. It's also, of course, online at Amazon and all those different places. Um, you know, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. I feel real fortunate to that, that it is. So. Wow. Well, then, we're glad course, that you wrote this can... juicy, juicy, <laughs> juicy story. And then, of course, readers can contact me at my website if someone's looking for an autographed copy at rondamcknight.net, um, and, you know, um, I sell autographed copies right from my website on the books page. So and it's also with Black Expressions. It made, the, it made the Black Expressions bestseller list the second week it was out. So it's with Black Expressions wow. if people prefer their hardcover. So Wonderful. Listen, it sounds like a juicy story. We're looking forward to be a Lifetime movie. Because uh, I'm like... <laughs> Jesus, that's a lot that's going on. So, listen, Rhonda, what's your next book after An Inconvenient Friend? What can readers expect? Readers can expect a sequel to be my Mm. first sequel to An Inconvenient Friend. The title is What Kind of Fool? And What Kind of Fool will be out uh, fall of 2011. I don't have my exact release month, but... um, And then if if folks have read An Inconvenient Friend and they're, they're waiting for... You know, they don't want to wait for what kind of fool. I've also done a project with the two other authors, Tiffany Warren and Sherry Lewis, and I have um, published an anthology with three stories in it titled A Woman's Revenge. And A Woman's mm-hmm. Revenge is the story of three women that have been hurt badly that are all seeking revenge. And uh, it's great read, real, actually hilariously funny, because the women are all good women who don't really know how to get revenge, so they're messing it up pretty bad. And so it makes for a funny read, and that's also available um on Amazon.com and through our own bookstore called Three Sisters Books.com. But again, my website is 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 a great place to stop and 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 it, you know all my links are there. Wow, well go visit RhondaMcKnight.com. Rhonda, you have been once again a pleasure. Yeah, thanks, Sam. It's great to be back on the show. Yes, listen, I'm going to pick up this book this weekend. 
I got some time on my hands, uh, and I'm going to read this juicy book because this is real life. <laughs> For real. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think you'll regret it. I think you, you know, you'll definitely walk away and go, all right now. <laughs> yes, I mean, just from what you just told me, I'm like, okay, I, this is a must read. Well, thank you so much. We look forward to having you back uh, once again. If nothing else, you have a wonderful week, Miss Rhonda. Thank you. You too, Tanya. Thank you. Take care. Yeah. Goodbye. Goodbye. Listen, friendships, friendships, friendships. Sometimes they're great and sometimes they're not so great. But it's up to you, like Jennifer said, to decide and to communicate what you really want from that friend. Uh, And if you find out that you don't have common values, make the decision, have the talks, and accept that it's okay uh, that the friendship has evolved. Listen, pick up Rhonda McKnight's book, An Inconvenient Friend. I'm going to pick mine up this week because it sounds hot. Listen, on that note, we're going to close out with Friend of Mine from Kelly Price. We're going to take next week off, and then we're going to come back jumping in November with some hot, hot, hot topics, getting ready to take you on through uh, throughout December 2010, and then we're going to come back ready and just fired up in 2011. It's going to be a phenomenal year. Uh, this, is a, this year has been awesome, but 2011, we're going to get things done in the 1-1. One, one. That's our motto, getting things done in the 1-1. One, one. If you've been procrastinating, if you've been saying, I need, I'm going to, listen, we're going to teach you how to do it in 2000. And 1-1 one, one is what we're calling it. Listen, we're going to close out with Kelly Price, a friend of mine, and we will talk to you in two weeks. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm.